This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U Mobile. 5G makes business sense. BFM 89.9, this is The Breakfast Grill. I'm Keith Kam. If you remember the name Sadaya College, then we are from the same generation. It was a place to go after SPM because computer science was all the rage in 1986 and racial quotas made it difficult for many students then to gain entry into the four or five local universities. Fast forward to today, Sadaya has been renamed UCSI and is more than just an educational institution. In the studio with me this morning is Dato Peter Ng. He is the founder of UCSI Group as well as its executive chairman. Welcome to BFM, Dato. Hi, Keith. Dato, you were last on BFM back when the station first started. I was very inspired by a story and how you started Sadaya with only four computers in 1986. Thank you. Also was the fact that your dad did odd jobs, your mom was a rubber tapper and you furthered your studies to Canada. Correct. Today, UCSI's education segment alone impacts more than 14,000 students annually from over 110 countries. So my question is, what is the most basic knowledge do you want all these young minds to take home with them if you could just imparts your experience? In, in short, I, I would say that an education that is relevant to today's um, society mm. and they're able to um, come, come out of the university or in, in high school, uh, that they will be able to continue on with life and uh, what they get from a university, they're able to get a job and they're able to continue to learn and to relearn uh, that sort of an environment. So an um, education that is not just um, provide, providing uh, uh, knowledge, but also, um, uh, you know, allow them to be able to adapt and to think broadly, laterally, and not just uh, memorizing that sort of environment. Yeah. You are seventh out of 13 siblings. You come from Lingi, Negri, Sambilan. If you could share with us what inspired you to break out of that? Because I, I think you once described it as abject poverty. It's hardcore poverty, really, um, where I grew up. And, you know, relatives and, and friends of my dad would actually write us off, you know, mm-hmm. that, that there is no hope for this family and so forth. I remember my dad could not even um, uh, borrow a can of condensed milk because, you know, uh, the the... Lender would ask, "Would you have the ability to pay me back?" Right. Kind of thing. So, um, so uh, I would say uh, that that environment really um, uh, actually built up a person. And when I was was very young, I remember I wanted to to be the person uh, who would um, break the chain of poverty for for, for the Ungs. And I would uh, remember that, um, you know, in, I, I was a tapper as well, a rubber tapper. And, mm-hmm. and probably at the age of, um, I think I was in, in um, even grade six, I started to, to tap already. Okay. I remember from three to three, uh, I would pray, and you know, I would pray that that I would be the person who would break the chain. Yeah. Yeah. So now, having said that, though, uh, sadly, there are still people in that similar dire situation today. Can I ask what UCSI is doing to help students who are in that sort of situation and and still ensure that you your profitability is yeah. is protected? Yeah. There is always a, a thin line of uh, of of balance. Uh, in, in wanting to um, to assist someone, um, 
uh, at the same time, we have to make sure that we are able to to continue. And so what we do at university is that we set aside a 30 million uh, scholarship every year. And so and so uh, that is a system that is a way whereby we uh, would ensure that the recipients are really worthy mm-hmm. of, of getting that kind of help. And so it can be offered through scholarships or it can be, can be any form of assistance. Yeah. What was the journey like setting up uh, Sedaya with uh, only four computers nearly yeah. 40 years ago? Uh, what was that turning point when Sedaya International College gained university status, meaning you, know, you could grant your own degrees? Yeah, it, it, I remember it was such a joy. Um, it was it was something actually not. Uh, I, we have not fathomed it that it would be possible one day. Okay. Um, so when it came, it was it was uh, real celebration and joy. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. No, I, I was also thinking that uh, you know it 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 would have been a chicken and egg situation. I mean, you need that track record to get reputable lecturers, mm. uh, and and you need reputable lecturers to be able to to be able to be associated with institutions with a track record. Yeah. How, how did you overcome that? Yeah. Seventeen long years. <laughs> it, it was difficult in the beginning because I was uh, too young also to to run um, an institution of of any. Um, you know, people would call a repute institution. And in being so young, it was difficult, actually. So so went through quite a lot of challenges, okay. a lot of challenges. And so it, it, it's, it's never um, a one-step solution. So there were many, many, many steps that I took. And um, so it, it, it builds up momentum once you have come uh, to a certain level. And then you begin to be like a force to be reckoned with. Uh, then people would... Um, would, would identify you as being uh, an institution of certain caliber. Mm-hmm. And that's when things begin to change around. And so there was a, a, like a tipping point. Yeah. Today, UCSI University is ranked number 300 in the QS uh, University rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the latest, this was the latest that came out in, in, in June this year. Previously, you guys were at 284. Uh, your score also dropped from 36.1 to 34.7. Yes. Um, in 2018, when you broke that 500 mark, you put up a newspaper write-up uh, <laughs> you know, about your achievement on Facebook, calling it a record-breaking feat. But I also remember you telling my colleagues back in 2009 uh, mm. that that um, this ranking is not really a, a an important benchmark. This this you know this ranking thing. Yeah. Why is that? Why was that the case that time? And why is it so important now? Um, maybe it's a little bit misconstrued. I don't think it it is not important. Okay. Okay. Uh, it is it is very important in a way to measure uh, a, a, like a certain yardstick. Okay, but. At the same time, one should understand that um, university ranking um, has certain instrument, right? And the tools that are being used um, are actually quite subjective, okay. right? Like, you know, it, it is a boundary that it is defined by, by, uh, by a certain authority or the ranking body. So that can be very subjective. So what I meant then probably is that uh, when the tools get changed, then um, the, your, your position will also change. So like this year, we drop, um, we drop uh, 16 points, 16 positions, right? So because they have changed uh, two, two, two areas, mm-hmm. uh, one is on sustainability, another one is on uh, international research network. So 
usually you 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 know as players we don't get informed that these two new tools will be taking place so you cannot prepare for it right and um, so again like i said all the criteria that are, that are set uh, are something that they believe is is a way that measure uh, quality but you know since in the world for for example in this case um Korean universities came came in big numbers in, in, in protesting uh, this year's uh, uh, ranking. So, you know, so so on that basis, uh, I you know, and I I would say um, the ranking position is not absolute. Yeah, it is a relativity. What will you be doing uh, to improve the ranking going forward? Uh, are there changes that you're going to be making in the in the university? Yes, yes. Um, so, so in a way, one needs to be uh, familiarized with um, the the tools. So, my my team will have to continue to study and improve in the way they understand tools that are being used. Mm-hmm. So, so in a way, uh, it is at managing these tools. Right, so we will have to look at uh, area where they they put great emphasis on. For example, uh, international international research network is one uh, criteria they have set. Um, sustainability, um, and in the area of peer review, these are um, areas whereby um, they're given quite a heavy weightage on. Yeah. How much of the rankings is a factor of say you know increasing competition in the private tertiary education? Do you reckon? I would say um, uh, it, it, it is used quite heavily in, in a number of countries overseas when you come to uh, student recruitment. Okay. Uh, in, in the Malay, uh, Malaysian front, I, I think um, a lot of parents are very ignorant about it. Many of them don't even know what this uh, ranking is all about. Um, and, and so does some competitors would use um, a different way to put themselves forward if if they're not ranked well. And as you can read uh, from the ranking exercise, yeah. there are only a few of us that have been ranked well. And so others who have not been ranked and they need to compete too. So they will have different kind of um, criteria, different kind of ways to promote themselves as being better or something. So I think, uh, so, so th- this would then make uh, ranking relevant in a way because everyone wants to be uh, ahead of others. So what would you say sets UCSI apart from all the competitors that you see today? Well, uh, one key area is employability. Although uh, the the ranking exercise don't put a heavy weightage on it, but uh, employability is one key area. And so UCSI um, has um, gotten 100% employ- employability rate for the last few years. And this this is a, a tracing, uh, uh, or rather the, the studies that is done by Ministry of Education. It's not done by us. Uh, so everyone is uh, is being traced on how employable their graduates are. And we have scored 100% for many years. Yeah. On the breakfast grill this morning is Dato Peter Ng, the founder of UCSI Group as well as its executive chairman. UCSI Group today is not just a university, it is a conglomerate involved in sectors as diverse as hospitality and tourism, healthcare, as well as properties and retail. We will get into all that on the other side of this break. BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U Mobile. 5G makes business sense. 
BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill, where we are in the middle of our conversation with the founder of UCSI Group, Datuk Peter Ng, who is also its executive chairman. Uh, Datuk, today UCSI University offers more than 150 programs in engineering, business, computing, medicine, pharmacy, hospitality, applied science, actuarial science, I could go on and on, in the levels of PhD, doctorate, master's degree and diploma. What does growth look like for UCSI University going forward? There are actually a lot of areas uh, if you want to look at uh, in terms of growth. Um, one definitely come right on top would be the area of research. Right now, uh, I'll just hot from oven, Stanford University rank university professors and researchers where they are, you know, and they have this category called top 2% in the world. Okay. Um, last year, we I believe we have uh, seven of them. And this year, we have nine of them. So it is increasing. Research will have to continue to be a key measurement for a university standing. And so this is one area I think UCSI will continue to invest and continue to also receive funding externally because we cannot rely only on an internal uh, organic fund from the university. And we also want to endow the university as um, heavy as we can so that the um, future research facilities and so forth, uh, you know, those um, intensive uh, investment can be endowed. And so this this will, uh, this will be two areas I can think of uh, off the cuff. Yeah. What do you mean by external funding in this case? There are a lot of uh, organisations out there who equally cares for uh, the um, future knowledge, even in the area of uh, non-commercialised uh, research. Okay. You know, you can have uh, in the area of humanities and so forth. Many of these research uh, domains are basically for, uh, not necessarily for commercial reason, but it can be for uh, knowledge acquisition and so forth. So, um, so they will fund this kind of research. Or, you know, if you look at medicine, of course, then it is uh, it is usually by pharmaceutical companies. Right. Uh, if you look at engineering, you know, there are a lot of companies who want to, to get ahead. And uh, so they will fund university research. And so our professors will get involved and, and um, they will get project uh, with them. And, and so then... Uh, to be able to really get into a heavy equipment and, and intensive kind of thing, then then they will fund for it. Yeah, that's what I want to pick your brains a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you have been in this industry since the mid nineteen eighties. Um, you were not really the beneficiary of easy entry into local varsities, despite your background. Mm. At that time, this tended to be more race quota based. I wonder if you might be able to paint us a picture of how you've seen Malaysia's um, education system uh, e- evolving. Uh, maybe let's start with public education. Why do you think there seems to be more of a scramble for parents to not want to put their kids into sekolah kebangsaan? Mm. So I can see where the grills start, start coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, we, as caring Malaysians, we have to be careful here because... Um, uh, we really need to see uh, in the horizon um, there is going to be um, a, a divide here, the have and the have not. Right. So it, it would seem to me um, the division will get bigger as, as we, as we uh, get along because, you know, really the Skolag, Gabansaan and, and so forth, 
there is there is a tremendous need for them to really uh, improve on on many aspect of education, I suppose. So, um, we w- what kind of graduates are we producing? Are they relevant for university admission and things like that, right? And um, I, I think what what they they provide for me is very basic education. It's what you call the universalism of education. Right. That is, you know, uh, able to get education where and when you need it. But but that is not it in education. You know, even though uh, they pro- they 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 provide that in rural areas and so forth. But I uh, but I think I need to go beyond that. Yeah, I need to go beyond that in terms of, um, you know, the the the, um, the, the teachers' qualifications. We're talking about um, uh, other aspect of uh, uh, extracurricular activities beyond just knowledge acquisition. So I think in the in the private sectors, uh, this has been the emphasis. You know, uh, your teaching pedagogy. Um, you know the uh, the classroom, the global classroom kind of environment, because things are moving very differently. So I think um, we, we have to be uh, local, you okay. know, global and local at the same time. So this sort of thing um, we need to watch out for. Otherwise, you're going to produce um, graduates of two different uh, categories, and so there is going to be a huge divide. If you were education minister, what changes would you like to see happen? I mean, bear in mind that you're dealing with a very diverse society, ethnically, mm. socially, religiously. What do you think will cultivate a better society? I would say that um, the ministry should not be too prescriptive very prescriptive, um, almost down our throat, so to speak. I think they should open up. They should open up education in such a way that learning is fun, right? Learning is is, is not um, how, you know, it, it needs to be so pres- prescribed. Okay. Yeah. So I think the curriculum uh, can be a bit more diverse. As it is now, our option for subjects, um, the pathway, um, all of these are very restrictive. You've got to do this set of subjects, you've got to do that set of subjects. But, you know, in, in many parts of the world, um, things have changed. You know, you could actually have your own recipe, so to speak. Yeah, so depend on what is your interest, your passion, if, if you are... Uh, if you know, then you pursue subjects that will that will build that sort of uh, uh, capability. So I think, if I were the minister of education, I would do that. I would want, I would open up, okay, and we can learn uh, from the best in the world. We don't have to um, reinvent the wheel, so to speak. So we can look at certain country, you know, and 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 copy and then copy and and adapt yeah, some of that. Fast forward to mm. today, UCSI Group is now a conglomerate that has interest beyond education. You guys are in hospitality and tourism, properties and retail, but education still remain your your biggest uh, revenue and earnings contributor. And the pandemic years of uh, 2020 to 2022 were not really kind to most businesses. And yes. uh, you know, especially one that includes students, foreign students especially, attending yes. classes would have been hardest hit. What was it like for you? Um, what was it like? Um, well, because our group is quite uh, diversified uh-huh. and uh, some sectors were badly hit and others actually improved. So uh, for, for university, um, our number, uh, our, our enrollment drops a little. Uh, however, 
classrooms and teaching um, delivery were not affected at all because of uh, of uh, online learning and so forth. So that went on smoothly. Yeah. And, and so, um, but for healthcare, uh, in terms of um, a smaller setup healthcare like our medical clinic in KL, and that actually grew by leaps and bounds. Um, but the hospital is affected because, you know, people don't come and see your specialists, and so your OPD is kind of all closed, and emergency is open. Um, so most of us were involved in only uh, vaccination program and stuff like that. So, so that uh, also badly affected. Yeah. You guys launched UCSI Hospital in uh, March of 2021. Uh, it was a 130-bit facility. It's the only private hospital in Malaysia with a public wing. Uh, mm. tell, tell me more about this. Was this more in reaction to the pandemic and, you know, I don't know, are you preparing for the next one? <laughs> God forbid. No, no. Actually, we planned the hospital like long, long time ago. And, you know, UCSI is not um, backed up by huge um, uh, finance group. So it took us a long time to finally, eventually build the hospital. But when we completed the hospital, we were in the in the midst of this pandemic already. Okay. So, so a year after pandemic, we opened the door. Right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the involvement of uh, the former Health Director General Tan Sri, Dr. Nohisham Abdullah, mm. uh, he is your UCSI Healthcare Group Chairman. Yes. Uh, what role do you see him playing in propelling UCSI forward? Actually, tremendous. He has been such a great help, has only been with us uh, for a um, number of weeks now. And uh, I can see he certainly play a, play a great role uh, in, in terms of directions uh, where we'll be heading. And in terms of, um, of uh, uh, providing general knowledge and, and expanding uh, what, what, our, what our vision is, what we can see. And he has been doing that and has been really, really uh, good. Um, you know, his, uh, his outpatient uh, clinic, you know, has a lot of inquiries. Um, and I can see uh, in the area of, uh, you know, uh, breast and endocrine uh, one-stop centre, yeah. we, we would in, definitely see tremendous growth in the area. Yeah. UCSI is over 30 years old. What's next for it? Are you looking uh, for a public listing maybe? What's mm. your ambition for the company? Um, in terms of education, uh, it has never been our ambition to list it. In fact, we qualified maybe more than 20 years ago to be listed, and we have been called actually um, by certain authority to list our company. Um, we have never been interested in it, uh, and that has always been the case, and moving forward, that will be the case as well. However, I will not rule out um, other sector of our uh, our businesses. For example, uh, in property development, mm. uh, you know, our UCSI campaign builders, uh, one day that might be listed, um, and, and, and so also in other sector. So, so um, if you if you're talking about education per se, that will not be listed. Why not? Why not? Um, I think we, we, we can learn from um, other people, we can learn from history. You look at Malaysian uh, history. Can you tell me any of the listed companies have done well, listed university or education group has done well? None of them. 
Dr. Peter Ng, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. On the breakfast grill this morning was Dr. Peter Ng, the founder and executive chairman of UCSI Group. I'm Keith Kam for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G makes business sense. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.